What's a moment in your life that changed everything? I want to share with you a moment of my life that changed everything, changed my identity forever. It's a core moment in my personal history that was a monumental pivot point for me. You could say there was my life before this moment and there is my life after this moment. I'm speaking, of course, about when I finally grew tall enough to join the five-foot club. (laughs) Figured I was going there, right? I know I stand before you as a very tall and not at all short man. That was not always the case. In fact, it took me 17 years until I grew tall enough to join the five-foot club. In fact, more of my life I was under five foot than I've been over five foot thus far in my journey. That's weird. It was the summer before my senior year of high school. My youth group threw me a party. I wore a badge that said five on it. We ate fruit by the foot. And even though I still had to drive to school sitting on a fishing cushion so I could see over the steering wheel, and as I walked through the hall, some people would ask, are you lost, thinking I was visiting my brother because I looked so out of place, I was proud because I made it. I was finally past five foot. They said it couldn't be done. It happened. My life was forever changed. My identity was no longer that of a short man, because I stand before you a manly five foot eight inches tall. I am, hey, thank you. Yes, I worked really hard to do that. (laughs) Short man as my identity? No. Barely average man? Absolutely. Hopefully in just height, but maybe in other areas. What is a moment in your life that changed everything? Today we are here Because there is a singular moment in the history of all time that changed everything for each one of us. It was nothing quite as trivial, of course, as a superficial, made-up five-foot club. I'm talking about the greatest single pivot point in the history of the world. The moment around which everything else orbits. Jesus Christ Fully God, fully man, lived a completely perfect life. He's the only one to have ever lived without sin. And he came into this world in this way with one singular purpose in mind. To make a way for life when before there was only a pathway to death. Sin had broken everything. It's corrupted everything. But because of Jesus Christ, sin does not have the final say. For our perfect King Jesus willingly went to the cross. And in his perfect love, he became the sin of the entire world. And he died an excruciating death, willingly taking that sin and burying it in the ground. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus, his body was placed in the tomb. Heavy stone rolled in front, guards planted. Let's see what happens next. 
from God's true word in Matthew chapter 28. We read from verses 1 through 10. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, his clothes as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said what happened. Come, see where his body was laying. And now, go quickly. Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there and remember what I told you. And so the women, they ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him. They grasped his feet, and they worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to leave for Galilee. They will see me there. Give thanks to God for the reading of his word. We are not here today because Jesus died. We are here today because Jesus is alive. The ground couldn't hold him. Death was not final for him. Nothing is stronger than our God, not even the sin of the entire world and the finality of death. For nothing can ever stop God from doing what God does. And what does God do? He defeats death. He destroys sin. He overcomes the world with his love. He rose from the dead so that death is no longer our end either because he has given us an abundant and an eternal life. I joked earlier about this big pivot point moment in my life, but of course the real biggest pivot point of my life was when I fully felt the weight of what God had done for me the depth of his love for me, the life that awaited me if I made the decision to follow him and to give him my life, the very life that he had given me. That's when I first sought to make Jesus the center of my life. Before that decisive moment, I always kind of thought I was the center of the universe. That's what we do, right? And after that, I realized Jesus is the center of the universe, the very universe he created, the very universe he holds together at all time with his love. And when we consider the grand narrative of all of life, Jesus Christ stands at the center. His resurrection is the central, most important moment in the history of the earth. 
and our history. Every single thing changed in that moment for all of humanity. And God had planned this from that first moment of the fall. Everything changed for the world, for you, for me. Consider the Marys of our passage. They went in their sorrow to visit the dead. They went to the tomb in their deep love, but also grief, pain, for they could not fathom life without Jesus. The other Gospels, they help us fill in the details on the heartache of the Marys. They were broken. Mary Magdalene, for instance, we know from earlier on in her Gospel, she was saved by Jesus when he commanded seven spirits out of her. Seven demons, that is. What was her response? But to follow Jesus everywhere he went, to do his bidding, to give him her life. In fact, it's interesting, Mary Magdalene's name is mentioned more than all the 12 disciples throughout the four Gospels. Mary's name is mentioned more, which just shows us the depth of her faithful following of Jesus. But Jesus died. The Marys were there. They were witness to the crucifixion. Imagine the one you love most in your life going through that and witnessing that. Especially when you believe they were the hope of the world. And even though Jesus had told them what was going to happen, they couldn't comprehend it. They couldn't understand it. I mean, frankly, how could they? Because it's so unfathomable. They always thought Jesus would always be in their life and then, gone. So they walk to the tomb, brokenhearted, without hope of ever being made whole again. They went in their sorrow to visit the dead, to only be filled and made whole once more by the risen Christ. Jesus calms their fears. He heals their broken hearts. He restores their joy and sets them back on course for the kingdom work to what he has called them to. And at this point now, it is to share the message that Jesus is alive. <laughs> this is one of the nonstop truths of our Savior. Everywhere he goes, he transforms lives. The lame walk, the blind see, the broken hearts are mended, broken relationships restored, greed turns to generosity, hurts are healed, hope is alive, joy is renewed, love overflows, and the dead live again. That is Jesus Christ. That is not just what he does, that's who he is. As it says in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. He is restoring and redeeming all things through his divine work because that is who he is, the resurrection and the life. So here's our question today. Where do you need Jesus' transforming love in your life today? says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 
because of the amazing, redeeming, and transformational love of Christ, we are a new creation. The old has died. We have a new identity. We're no longer known as the short kid or the barely average-heighted man or as broken or as sin-stained or as hopeless. We're a new creation made in the image of Christ, filled with his death-defeating Holy Spirit power and transformational love. So where do you need Jesus' transformational love in your life today? In our human struggle with sin, we sometimes try and leave Jesus out of these important parts of our life. Say, you can have all of me except for that thing. You can have me, but not at the workplace. You can have all of me, but not when I'm hanging out with the guys and I want to talk in a certain way. But if Jesus Christ is the center of the universe, he longs to be the center of your life. What's beautiful about that is it's not just first in your life where it's the most important and you check it off and you move to the next. No, it's central to every single thing and element of our lives. See, he longs to transform your pain, your brokenness, your struggles, because that's who he is. That's what he does. But the problem is we still wrestle with sin on this side of eternity. Until Jesus comes again, we still wrestle with it, even though the victory's been won. And in that wrestling, we'll have good days and we'll have awful days. And through it all, if we are not deeply intentional, what starts to happen, but we start to drift. You ever have a car that's out of alignment and you take your hands off the wheel and it just slowly starts to go one way? You have to be intentional on holding it at the angle it needs to go straight. That's what it takes in our walk with God is to stay on course and be intentional and attentive or else we will start to drift. And I dare say, a lot of us likely lost a little bit of intentionality throughout the trials of this past year. I mean, honestly, who can blame us? Pandemic, come on. The heartache, the struggles, the deep pain, the wounds, that we've had to carry and go through, perhaps we lost some of that intentionality. And perhaps simply without intentionally pursuing God, there's been some drift in different areas of our lives. And then maybe in other areas, we just shoved him out and don't want him there. But in the gospel, he is not here was used for good news because it was proof that Jesus was not dead, but he's alive. But in our lives, he is not here reveals where we have work to do. He wants to be at the center of everything we are and everything we are doing, to invite Jesus and his transforming love and once more to redeem those parts of us that we have blocked him out of. The human pathway is to go from life to death. We're all aware we're all just getting one step closer to death. Wow, that's morbid. Happy Easter. (laughs) But the beauty is... Well, this isn't the beauty. That's the reality that if we did things our own way, that is our pathway of life. That is a harsh truth that on our own power, we'll slowly shift further away from God and his plan and path and we'll encounter destruction 
because that's what our selfish desires bring. But the good news is that God in his divinity is always moving, moving us from death into life. If we invite him in, he will transform and redeem and bring life out of what appears dead. So what needs to be redeemed in your life right now by the transformational love of Jesus Christ? Maybe it is a broken relationship. Perhaps it is your workplace. Perhaps it is what you do on your alone quiet time, your screen time, or when you're hanging out at school or work. There are these areas of our lives that maybe we've pushed Jesus out, maybe intentionally, maybe just from that drift. And maybe right now you've done a quick audit on your entire life. You're like, oh man, I need Jesus in all of this. All of it. <laughs> or maybe you're sitting here, you're hearing this, and you haven't taken that step to give Jesus your life. Maybe you're longing to find a purpose, to receive this life-giving, life-changing love. Maybe God has been chasing you for years I believe he has, and you are tired of trying to reason and make it on your own, and you long to live a life of meaning, of purpose, with renewed hope, and you desperately need to receive forgiveness and live free of the burden of guilt and shame that comes from sin. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. God and his transforming love is for you. What he accomplished on the cross, he did for each one of you listening today. Ask him in. He will transform your life. If God can defeat death, God can do anything. In his kingdom, his grace is without bounds. He doesn't ask you to take on all the trials and tribulations of this world, these mountains that stand before us alone. No, he is too good to do that. See, when Jesus died, he rose again. And then what did he do sometime later? He ascended, saying, I am sending one more powerful than I. Because when Jesus ascended, he prepared the way to send the Holy Spirit, which dwells in everyone who calls Jesus Lord. The Spirit is just like Jesus in that he is, the Spirit is fully God, and the Spirit lives inside of us, giving us the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that conquered the grave lives in you. So if you think your situation is too big or your problem is too mighty, I am here to tell you today that nothing is too big for our God. Make Jesus the center of every element of your life because his death and resurrection show us that you are the center of his. He saw you. He saw your struggle. He saw your pain. He saw your hurt, your confusion, your longing, your anguish, your bondage, your death in sin. And God in his goodness said, 
I will redeem this. The extent of his love for you is unfathomable, and the life he has in mind for you is unimaginable. Because he lives, we have hope. Because he lives, we have comfort. Because he lives, we have purpose. Because he lives, we have joy. Because he lives, we live life in abundance. Nothing, and I mean nothing, can stop the transformational love of Jesus Christ. Will you allow him to transform your life again here today? Because he is risen. Our God's not dead. He's not here. He's not in the tomb. He's alive. And his rising was the single greatest moment in the history of the world. For that was the day that love won. And so we stand in that victory. We proclaim him as our Lord and Savior. And we ask him to transform our lives and transform this world till he comes again. Praise be to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this is what it is all about right here, right now, today. Our very faith hinges on this truth of the resurrection, and we are here to proclaim that we believe you are the resurrection and the life, that Jesus Christ died and was risen from that death, and in so doing, paved the way for the forgiveness of our sins, the restoration into life eternal relationship with you here and now and forever. We can never say thank you enough, God. But we do say thank you right here and right now because we are humbled by this truth. God, we long to live in response to your grace doing the kingdom work you have called us. For some of us today, that means taking that very first step towards you. God, we love how you pursue us with your love and you're patient with us. And some of us today say, today's the day. And Lord, we rejoice with our brothers and sisters as they pray to you, asking you to be their Lord and Savior in their life. For those that are taking that step, we just pray for your protection, for your guidance, for your Holy Spirit power to overwhelm them and guide them forward. And that we as your church will support them every step in their journey. And for all of us here, Lord, we know we all have work to do. So we step forward towards you out of our gratitude once again. Death couldn't hold you. And so in you alone, our hope is found, God. We praise you. We thank you for all you are, for how good you are, for the depth of your love, for your power, your might, your patience, your goodness in our lives. And Lord, as we worship this morning, we worship with our brothers and sisters across the globe. And as we sing, we join in with the global and heavenly choir, praising you as Lord of all. We give you thanks today. We love you deeply, Father. And it is in the powerful, authoritative name of Jesus Christ we pray.
Amen.